theme pretty much for the year, but especially for this month, is sowing for life. And I've called this this message um, sowing to the spirit. Um, my key verse that I'm going to be looking at probably back and forth this morning is Galatians chapter 6, um, verses 7 through 10 um, from the New King James Version. So that's Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. And it says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the, of the household of faith. Sowing and reaping um, across the physical and the spiritual. Interesting, interesting law. Planting seed and harvesting a crop. Planting seed in the ground, watering it, caring for it, being patient over time, harvesting a crop. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. I believe this is a law that's been put in place um, by God himself. And it covers all areas. It covers relationships. It covers marriage. It covers family. It covers work. It covers fitness. It covers diet. And it covers our relationship with God. And you imagine, like I think about it as a dad, um, thinking about my children, had four children. If I never sowed anything into my children at all, never spent any time with them, never had anything to do with them at all, I would end up with a dysfunctional family. If I never sowed anything into my marriage, I would end up lonely and bitter. So it's about sowing seed. The scripture says, do not be deceived. That sounds to me like a warning, that this is something serious, that this is something important. God is not mocked. He sees our heart. We cannot blame him. We have to take responsibility for certain things in life. We harvest what we, what we sow. There is spiritual seed in everything we do, say, and think. It's an interesting interesting thought. And it says here in um, verse 8, it says, sowing to the flesh or our lower nature. You know, our lower nature is dust. It's vapor. It's gone in a matter of years. But our spiritual being, the real us, is eternal. You know, these, these things that sowing to the flesh, if we sow to our lower nature and that's our primary focus, really we're dealing with things that are opposite and contradictory to what Christ has done for us. That's sowing to the flesh, to our lower nature, things that are opposite, contradictory to what Christ has done for us. What does it mean to sow to the Spirit? These are things that stir us to a relationship with God and prosper our calling. These are things that have us growing and maturing in our faith. Now, it's an interesting analogy. Um, my wife is a great gardener, and we have an organic veggie garden 
um, whether you're on organics or not, that's beside the point. But I just think gardening is a fascinating illustration of this very point. Now, Glenis will plant seeds, she'll grow them um, from seeds, sometimes from plants, and then she'll plant them out in the garden. But before that, she's prepared the soil. And she's put compost on the soil, and she's, she's dug it up so it's a good, fertile soil. And then she's planted, which uh, Tanera... Now, if you, if you read from Matthew chapter 13, the parable of sower, which uh, Tanera preached from the other week, you'll see that the soil represents us and our hearing. So the pre preparation of the soil is about us preparing ourselves um, to hear from God and to be with God. And then Glennis will plant the plants or the seeds in the garden, and then she'll look after them. And they don't grow instantly. They take a while. She waters them. She fights off the pests, um, the army worm caterpillars. She squashes their heads. And, uh, you know, she, she generally keeps those plants from being eaten alive. One of the interesting things about gardeners is they love sharing seed and they love sharing information. We were coming back from Kaikui the other week and we dropped in at the Waimati North tree, um, Mission House. Beautiful big trees there. I just love sitting under those big uh, rimu and puruti and thraiti trees. But Glenis, she wanders off and meets the gardener. There's a gardener there that goes between the stone store and, and the mission house and does the gardens like three days a week. And she starts talking about plants and they start sharing information and she's asking questions of this lady. So that was an interesting thing to think about gardening. And when, when Glennis collects this information, she grows a variety of things in her garden. Now, I'd, I'd be pretty cheesed off if all she grew was onions or all she grew was garlic. But she grows a variety of things in her garden, tomatoes, pumpkins, and things like that. So there's a variety there. And if she wants tomatoes, she doesn't sow pumpkins. She sows what she wants to harvest. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 in the Message Bible says this, A person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And all he will have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Selfishness, ignoring God, weeds. It's as simple as that. The flesh, our lower nature. The, the Bible lists a whole lot of things that represents the flesh. Drunkenness, wild parties, whole lot of stuff, jealousy, envy, greed. It lists a whole lot of things that represents the flesh. But I just want to zero in on something, and I really believe it comes down to the way we think about ourselves. It comes down to the way we think about ourselves. If we want to change, we have to sow differently. We have to sow God's seeds into our life. Four from Ephesians 4, verses 23 and 24, from um, my New Living Bible, New, um, New Living Translation says this. Think about 
a few verses before talk about us living and sowing to the flesh. And then it says this in verse 23, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Another translation said, Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's own likeness, righteous, holy, and true. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself how God sees you? Or do you see yourself purely from the flesh? And in your mind, you say to yourself, man, I'm such a loser. I make so many mistakes. In your mind, you think, boy, you know that person that did that to me and you harbor unforgiveness. Well, there's condemnation for things that you've done wrong. And these things shut you down. And if you meditate and think about those things all the time, you're actually sowing bad seed into your life. How do you sow differently? Well, if you take that scripture there as good seed, you see yourself how God sees you. You see yourself through the blood of Christ. You've come to Christ. You see yourself holy, right with God, and true, and no other way. God's eye is on us maturing and growing. Years ago, um, I was managing a small radiata pine plantation, and um, the land was cleared. We came in, we planted the pine trees, um, in their right spacing, in their rows, and then over a period of years, we were responsible for looking after the trees. We would fertilize them, we'd release them to keep the gorse from crowding them out, and as they grew, um, we would get into silviculture, which was pruning. So the idea with pruning was we had a, a, a vision for the maturity of those trees, and we were te the technical term was to um, minimize the defect core. So you would prune the trees to a certain height and you would have an ideal defect core of, say, 100 mils. So you would prune that all the trees would grow at a different rate. So you would prune the trees to a certain height and then the trees would grow some more and cover those cuts and those knot holes. And then you'd do another lift and another lift. So you'd get up to, Tanera knows more about it than me. I don't know if they still do. They still do silviculture and prune. Because they're back together. But that's how we, that they can put a, a raw log through and it can take out all the knots and fuse everything back together. But that's how we did it. And so we'd do lifts up to six to eight metres high off the ground with high ladders. My son and I worked with me and I can still close my eyes and I can hear the sound of the branches coming through the air as they were snipped off. And then I can hear my son sliding down the ladder because he didn't climb down the ladder like you know young people. He'd, he'd hear, and he'd slide down the ladder and go to the next tree. But our eye was on maturity. Our eye was on getting the best value out of those logs. But we had to put the mahi into it. We had to do the silver culture. We had to do that to get those good quality logs. And that's what the Lord's after with us. He sees us mature. He sees that 40-foot-high radiata pine that's going to be cut down, go to a mill, 
and produce beautiful timber for furniture or whatever without all the knots in it. That's what we see. That's what God wants to see in us. So the stumbling block is our relationship with God. All these things that we can have condemnation, fear, unforgiveness. Offense is a great one. You'll get offended at people. It grieves my heart um, over the years being in church, the number of people that come in, you see them, they get offended by somebody, and and they're gone. It grieves my heart. And the, the thing is, we have a great need of being discipled and to grow into maturity, just like those pine trees. Our lower nature will see us staying comfortable, bound by cynicism and offence, and offence, immature, not whole and accurately representing Christ. Now, if, if, if we get back up to my um, core scripture from Galatians chapter 6, I think in this verse, in this portion of scripture, the two most important verses are verse 9 and verse 10. I'll read them to you again. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those to the household of faith. I was taught years ago with Bible study, when you ever see a therefore, you need to ask, why is it therefore? So verse 9, let us not grow weary in doing good. I looked that word good up because it's used twice in verse 9 and verse 10, and they're different words in the Greek. This one good that says don't grow weary in going good, this is the Greek meaning for good. It's a word kalos. It means godly and holy in origin, pure goodness, ethically good, right and numb, and cannot holy and sacred goodness that evil runs from and cannot be in the presence of. A Holy Spirit-inspired purity. That's what that word good means. And we sang that song, um, His Goodness follows after me and chases me. And I believe this is what the scripture is saying. To sow to the spirit is to have a personal, vibrant relationship with God. And that's what Jesus died for. That's what Jesus died for. And all these other things, sowing to the flesh can rob from that. It is my personal experience and belief that the Lord craves friendship and personal relationship with each one that has come to Christ. He craves that. And I know religion would say that we should be in awe of God and we should be frightened of him, but I don't believe that is actually true. I do not believe that. My experience indicates that when I come to God with a humble, honest, and sincere heart, his, his arms are just open to me. And no demon in hell, no force of the powers of darkness can stop me coming into his presence in that way. And we have a desperate need for that, each one of us. If we are not nurturing that personal relationship with God, 
we are robbing from ourselves. Uh, you know, it's like me pruning the pine trees. Um, you know, if I, if I came up to that forestry block one day and all the trees had run away because they didn't want to be pruned, or they didn't like me, they were offended by me, something I did the day before, and I come up there and there's no pine trees, they've all run away. You know, that's what we can be like as people sometimes. We don't submit ourselves to, to learning and growing, just like Vinny was talking about with his testimony. He went from comfort to discomfort and grew. Right? Yes. Now, this, this thing about um, coming to the Lord and, and being close with Him is a, you know, a, it's, it's talked about so much and it seems like a, a, a flippant thing and sometimes it's hard to do. Um, you, you, you come to the Lord and your mind is sort of going crazy and your thoughts go off and, and Lord, you know, I want to concentrate on you and then you think about something else. It's a, it's a, a dynamic it's a, I, I dare say, discipline, but it's also understanding his heart. It's understanding his heart for us. That's the most important thing, the motivation in this. And I think it's good to create godly habits. Um, it's good to come to the Lord in the morning. If the first thing you do is switch on your phone and look at social um, yeah, I hate to tell you this, but that's, that's not going to cut it. Um, <laughs> you just can't, you know, personally, I don't do any social media. My does a little bit, my wife does a little bit, but I, I don't do social, I just can't be bothered with all the rubbish. That's just my personal opinion, but I am, you know, getting on a bit, so, you know, you can give me some grace in that area. Um, brought up in a different generation. I don't think I used a computer until I was 35 or something like that. So, you know, it's a um, different generation. But, you know, we really have to zero in on this. And the key thing is understanding his heart, understanding his heart for us. When we come to him and we, we come honestly and we say, Lord, I've messed up, you know, I've done this. And you remember the story of the prodigal son. You know, that guy went all feeding pigs, prostitutes, the whole, whole thing. And his father, you know, he didn't slap him around the ear. He wasn't there with a stock whip. His arms were wide open to him. And that's the way we come to the Lord in the morning, you know, first thing in the morning, our first, first heartbeat to be close to him. And I just want to just, just burn that revelation into you that he hungers for that. He loves that. That's why Jesus died for us. That is the truth of the matter. Don't let religion rob from you no matter what you've done, where you've been, his arms are open to you without fail. And, you know, I, I just, um, just think about that goodness. His goodness is chasing after us. I remember the story of um, the rich young man coming to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, what must I do, good master, to receive eternal life? And what did Jesus say to him? He said, none is good but God alone. That's what Jesus said. And that's the goodness we're talking about. That goodness, Jesus wouldn't take it on himself, but he went to the cross and bought that goodness for us. The goodness of God coming down to us in all purity and all, all truth, and no demon in hell can stop you coming face to face with God. That's what Jesus paid for. 
We need to sow our lives towards him in that personal way. I remember another scripture that Jesus said, many will come to me and call me Lord, Lord. And he said, get away from me. And then the scripture goes on to say, but the people said, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do all these things? And Jesus said, get away from me. I never knew you. So that shows you the priority is relationship. We can do a whole lot of stuff. We can do church. We can do missions. We can do a whole lot of activities. But if we're not close with him in personal relationship, it's meaningless. The apostle Paul who wrote this said, I count everything in my life as refuse, rubbish, for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He to a born Jew, putation as a Pharisee, everything he'd done in his life as a pure born Jew, and said, I discount all of that. That's just rubbish. Pack it up, throw it in the bin for the surpassing worth of having that personal relationship with Christ. Yes. In that scripture, it says, um, don't grow weary or lose heart in, in staying in God's presence. It's a weird thing to say, that goodness. How can we become weary? We can let people wear us down. We can let religion wear us down. We can let cynicism and offense come in. We've got to guard ourselves from those things and hold on to that relationship consistently. I challenge you for homework to get up first thing in the morning. I don't care what time you get up. Actually, I prefer you get up early. (laughs) And just go before the Lord, honestly. Just like Vinny, the inner part of Vinny's testimony is just being open and just being sincere and being honest. And the way he talked to us, it melts my heart because he's just being real. And that's the way we come to the Lord. We don't have to have religious platitudes and a whole lot of nonsense. We just come to him as real people, frail people, like a friend, like a friend. And it's, that's just the, the heart, the heart of it. Give our lives to him consistently. Humble ourselves. Always be thankful. He sees you. He sees you. The creator of the universe sees you where you are right now. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the way you've helped me um, through this week and just um, the study and the thinking and time with you and getting angry at times and frustrated, but Father, just um, hanging in there and I just appreciate your patience with me. I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice right now. Wherever they are, wherever they've been, Father, I just pray in the authority of Christ that they would have a revelation of how much you love them, that you see them through the blood of Jesus, that you have chosen deliberately to remove their sin and their mistakes from them as far as the east is from the west, that Jesus paid the price for that, for us that they would have a personal revelation of what Christ has done for them. 
I just rebuke every demon spirit that would try to hold people in condemnation, fear, cynicism, doubt, unbelief, offense. I just rebuke those spirits off every single person under the sound of my voice and pure goodness. Take your heart seriously and see your love as pure goodness. Thank you, Father.